She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out. A podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. explain to men how it feels to have menstrual cramps mm. you know you, you can't like it's just <laughs> whack them <laughs> I, I, don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that would even work <laughs> <laughs> and chocolate <laughs> And it just felt so good. Like, we were taking care of each other. So there's, like, that aspect mm. in it that just feels really nice. And then, you know, you get tucked in. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. And then you can, like, raise your hand like, hi. Uh, can you put another blanket on I love that. that or you don't want people to see it because how can I, you know, vomit in front of you, shit in front of you, and then I, you know, two days later we're meeting about your website. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome, welcome. It's good to have you here. We're here and we have a great episode for you. You're not ready for this. I think they're ready for this. Yeah? Okay, I think they are. You're on. Uh, Today we record with our friend Courtney and Rachel, and we talk about their recent first ever combo inoculation that we served here in Texas. They were part of a group of six women, and we unpacked their experience, and we let them sort of tell us how it was for them being first-timers, because we thought you, as a listener, might really appreciate hearing that. Yeah, we explore a lot of things. Um, Particularly interesting is their background in the church and how that kind of influenced the way they came to Combo. Uh, Also, Combo is a somatic therapy. Um, We talked a lot about kind of faith and also healing trauma mm-hmm. and, and particularly sexual abuse. It's a really interesting conversation that goes in a lot of different directions. And they share their really, like they really candidly share beautiful experiences that they had on the medicine. So we are honored to have this conversation today. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good morning, far out people. Uh, good morning, everyone, and hello, Alistair. Hello, Julie Roxanne. And hello to our beautiful guests. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Happy to have you both here. Yeah. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, combo. Heyo. We're making it happen. <laughs> so we've done a couple episodes on combo already. One of them was an interview with our teacher, Jess Poitra. Uh, And the other one was a conversation between you and I, Julie Roxanne, about our experiences. And so we thought it would be fun to do a third one um, with other people's experiences, because this last weekend, we just did our first inoculation, Mm -hmm. which uh, is a series of three combo ceremonies uh, consecutively over the weekend. And uh, Courtney and Rachel here just went through it. So we thought it would be fun to uh, explore your experiences around it. 
Sweet. And uh, so before we start, I just want to make sure. So you both are alive and well. Yes. Okay. So combo <laughs> is not killing you. I feel like people can have check. this check. Cool. Yeah. Survived combo. Good job. Yeah. And maybe before we get into it, uh, you guys can just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Courtney, do you wanna do you wanna let us know who you are? My my favorite part <laughs> of the day. Um, yeah. Hi, I'm Courtney. Um, I I don't know really what to say. <laughs> what do we do? We already went we over already... this and tried to you know help you figure out who you are. I have no idea who I am. But, um, I'm here in Texas, um, and had the pleasure of. Um, having Julie Roxanne and Alistair do the combo ceremony in my home, which is so special. Um, and yeah, I'm basically kind of hanging out here doing creative freelance work and floral and sort of just making sure I never have to go into an office <laughs> ever again. I will build your furniture. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I think Alistair's goal is still to this day to remain unemployed as long as he can. So far, I've done a good job. Yeah, so that. far, what, five years or something? Five years and counting. Good Actually, I think, it's, I think we're on like six or seven at Ayo. this point. It's, yeah. it's getting up there. Good job. But Courtney, I met you a year and a half ago because you came on our Yosemite retreat. Right. And that's where I met you. And then um, we've kind of We've stayed in touch for a variety of reasons since. You're actually working on our new website over yes. at uh, Wild Within, which is our, our retreat company. Um, and you're doing an amazing job. So if anyone any, if anyone needs uh, a creative type yeah. uh, to help them build a website, I would highly recommend Courtney. Um, for sure. And you're in your mid-20s and you're yeah. doing a bunch of freelance stuff. You run a floral company. Yep. Uh, and you, you do kind of all sorts of... Uh, web work I guess I would say put it in a category yeah uh, I yeah it's tough to put it, in a it is it is when you do so many different things yeah. I find it hard to answer that question too it's like yeah. what do you do uh, everything I don't know I'll do whatever people pay me money for yeah that's like awkward like okay like in like tinder or like bumble profiles like I never know what to put so I'm just like you know and like you don't want to put freelance because then you just look like Everyone else putting like yeah, freelance, yeah, yeah. aka I have no job. <laughs> so I just started putting CEO. Ah, because sweet. I was like, that's cool, but it's really an awkward nice. space. <laughs> have to explain to people. Just often, say you're a creative so. genius. She's like that. That. I, uh, <laughs> I have lots of dogs. And, uh, that's, that's me. All right. Yeah, cool. And, and Rachel, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Rachel. I don't have as cool a job as Courtney has. Um, I'm actually a pastor, and I do pastoral care for a doctor here in San Antonio. Uh, Courtney and I are roommates, so that's how we know each other, and we live here in San Antonio. And I'm also in my mid-20s, and where Courtney has dogs, I have cats. So where, where did you actually meet? Cause... We met at church. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like a while back or yeah, not like that long six, ago? Six years, I would say. I think I was like 21 mm-hmm. when yeah. I met you. Babies. Um, <laughs> yeah, babies. we met like at one event and then we like met, we met at church and then... Yeah, we had like mutual friends. Yeah, mm. sort of like big city, small town yeah, yeah. stuff going on over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. And I, I, th- I think what what's interesting to say here is the reason we want to have this conversation is because... We found it would be helpful to have people here 
from people who really literally just went through their first combo experience with no experience around. I think neither of you have really experience with plant medicines prior to that, right? I mean, combo is technically an animal medicine, but, you know, kind of belongs to the plant medicine realm. Yeah, I think the the furthest I've gone into that is mushrooms at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know if that's in the same realm, but yeah. Yeah. I guess it kind of is. is. Yeah, Yeah, it is for sure. For sure. Yeah, so I guess maybe a cool place to start would be tell us how you learned about combo the first time. Because I remember, you know, reading about it a year ago and my first initial reaction was like, mm, that sounds really intense. I probably will leave it for other people to do. That sounds <laughs> not like something I want to do. Thank you. And uh, here we are like a year later. So it's very strange uh, the way things happen. But yeah, how how did you both find out about combo and what was your initial reaction to it um do you want to go yeah i'll go Go for it um so i first heard about combo uh from an instagram post i follow this guy who does a lot of plant medicine and you know there's a photo of him just puking into a bucket so of course it looked a little intense but i've read about ayahuasca so while you just drink ayahuasca i was like the visions and stuff seem far more intense than Mm -hmm. what happens during combo so i was like ah it can't be that bad, and, mm. you know, <laughs> and then you actually do it. And you're like, oh, it is that bad. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. And then, you know, Courtney told me that you guys were going to do it. And so I got to sit on it for like three weeks. I decided like a week after that. So I had like two weeks to really be like, OK, yeah, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also done mushrooms. So I was like, if it's not, you know, psychoactive, like how intense can it really be? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> little did I know. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's not as bad as you think. We did survive. So yeah. 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 So that was how I heard about Combo. And then, you know, you and I had a long conversation where I got all my answers or all my questions answered. And yeah, so just kind of went from there. So yeah. a short window of time for me. Yeah, it was. And, and so your first thought was what, like it, was it really, oh, maybe it's interesting. Like, did you find yourself interested when you read that Instagram post? Like, what I, was I the- did because of what he explained, like, after happened to him. I was like, okay, that sounds really interesting. But um, I also have looked into, like, intense forms of therapy. You know, there's um, EDMR, which is like an exposure therapy kind of. Yeah. And that also sounds very intense. So, you know, doing yeah. work is work no matter what kind of work yeah. it is. Yeah, totally. Totally. It it is. Yeah. I mean, combo is really powerful for trauma and trauma releases. And it's I think that's one aspect that I don't know. I get the feeling sometimes combo is portrayed as this really, really spiritual thing. And my experience with it is there are really tangible physical benefits to it. And they're also like emotional kind of almost therapy like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Therapy is the word I was going to say. And I think it seems like. Rachel, you have a therapeutic background. Um, you've been uh, in therapy. I've dabbled in therapy yeah, <laughs> for decades. <laughs> and, and you're working as a pastor, which is a form of counseling. Right? Yeah, pastoral it's, care is counseling. Yeah. yeah, that's what we do. We connect the spiritual to the physical. So this work, you know, isn't very far off from what I yeah. already do. Um, so it didn't sound as crazy, but, you know, talk therapy is <laughs> much more mild than, hey, let's burn a hole in your skin and put some stuff on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess this is also a good point to ask you, like, as a pastor, th- did you feel like that, that your ex- your relationship to the church and to God and to your own spirituality, did you feel like 
in some ways combo fit into that or did that feel super foreign and like almost I don't know um it could definitely felt foreign but not not from the church like it's you know it's from the Amazon so like it's yeah. not from Texas where I'm born and raised so like that the the medicine itself was foreign just because of what it is also you know I'd never done it before but in the church like medicines get a bad rap of all kinds of medicines though like you know, people need antidepressants and that's stigmatized. And mm -hmm. it's like, but that's very normal as opposed to something like a plant medicine, which seems crazier, but they're the same. So they kind of hold the same connotation to me of like anything that alters you is pretty much viewed negatively in the church. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, you're some magical guru can handle it all. Like most people are like, yeah, don't do that stuff. Mm. But for me, I, I don't really view things that way. Just kind of like... Plants are plants, trees are trees, they all have benefits, you know, um, why make it, why make it weird? Why make it more foreign than it already is, you know, mm -hmm. and just its nature. But then, you know, like we just demonize things we don't understand really. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the church's MO. Like if they can't explain it, like it's just <clears throat> gotta be bad. And I just think that's wrong. Like there are things that we don't know anything about. Like we've never explored the entirety of the ocean. What if there's something that'll like cure cancer? Mm. We should just ignore it because we don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, so that kind of stuff, like I've never fallen into the religious dogma of like, if you don't, you know, if it alters you, don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you don't know what it is or if it seems like out there, woo woo, like just leave it alone. Like, mm. I'm like, nah, bring on the woo woo stuff. <laughs> like, it looks fun. Like, <laughs> You might get a call asking <laughs> if you're doing witchcraft now. Yeah. yeah. Could well, happen. What, what I hear from your attitude, Rachel, which I think is worth like highlighting is basically, you know, church kind of out kind of outlines an area to play in, right? And yeah. it says, Hey, this is kind of what we know and and staying here. And to me it seems like what you're saying is, hey, no, there's still unknown things mm -hmm. and they may they may have value yeah. and it's worth the effort and the risk to go and explore them and, yeah. and find out for myself. Yeah, for sure. Like uh one of my favorite scriptures is Jesus tells everyone, like right before he leaves the earth, um, like go and do more than what I did. Like do greater things. Right. Mm. And it's like, okay, he literally healed blind people and like brought people back from the dead. And if we're supposed to do greater things, like we're gonna have to find some stuff that he probably didn't know about or mm. you know, they didn't have access to, right? Like they don't even know about brushing your teeth during the Bible times. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's stuff that God said, like, you're gonna figure this out. I put it here for you to figure out. Mm -hmm. Like, why give us an intelligent brain if we're not supposed to solve problems and figure out ways to heal each other? Mm. And you know that's my job in pastoral care. Like I find ways to help people heal. Like we find the avenue to walk down together. Yeah. Like what they do, they do the work, you know, but I also have to do work on myself. So this is just for me, another way to work on me to be the best type of pastor I can be. So like I can understand people outside of the Christian realm, like mm. they also need healing and love. So why not learn about, you know, the things that they're exploring and yeah, maybe I'll find something that I don't like, but like, Combo is fine, so there's probably other stuff that's fine too that I just haven't, you know, yeah, well, tried. It, it makes me think of the model of of Jesus Christ, who obviously went out of the known realm of the Pharisees, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I think we sometimes lose that in For sure. our Christianity loses it. But Jesus was such a great model of going beyond what was currently mm -hmm. known, yeah. And I think that's part of 
why that that text has been so everlasting is it's that that spirit of of exploring yeah yeah and you also said to me uh that basically you one of the ways you were thinking about it is that combo and other plant medicines are also god's creation yeah and so that's how can that not fit within yeah. the you know yeah and it's very explicit like all the all the things that are created in Genesis they're all labeled good the mm. one thing that's not good is for people to be alone like mm. Adam was alone and that was the one thing that wasn't good at the time so great like mm. all of creation brings us together and makes us into a community and you know there's so much power in that mm. and that was totally part of the combo ceremony, like looking at the community that was in the room with each other, like puking in front of each other. <laughs> like you just have to break down the vulnerability walls and just be. Mm. And there's just so much power in that, you know? Yeah, totally. So I'm curious, um, what drew each of you to combo? I want to hear how Courtney found out about combo. Oh, I missed that part. <laughs> <laughs> I went off on a tangent, sorry. It, it was great. I'm like <laughs> taking notes and Rachel speaks. <laughs> yeah, like, Courtney, really did you have a really interesting way that you actually learned about combo? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, um, it's just so funny listening. <laughs> I'm still thinking about what she was saying. Um, yeah, I actually was was homeschooled as a kid, and um, my mom would <laughs> get these, like, encyclopedia VHS tapes from the U.S., and it was, like, this big deal because we were, we were overseas. And um, I would watch them, like, just literally all day. And there was one particular one on the rainforest that I was obsessed with. Um, and that's, I think I was, like, seven and they talked about these like tribes in in the Amazon, like doing this like frog medicine, having these ceremonies. Like they burn their skin. Like, and I, I think yeah. So that was about twenty years ago. Uh, it was the first time I heard about it, and I guess I sort of just like put that in the back of my little brain. And, <laughs> yeah, if I ever see that again, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. No. <laughs> and I just thought it was like really really cool. I've always been fascinated with like ceremonial anything mm -hmm. and I've always loved you know like tribal sort of like mm. like it just interested me my whole life and so I think that I didn't think about it again until I started following you both um after Yosemite and you were on your own combo journey and then I was like those scars look cool <laughs> they I do. really, they really do. Want those. <laughs> I honest to god wish I was like yeah I, I the healing benefits but I was just kind of like that looks cool <laughs> we can do the scars without doing combo if you'd like we can also do that. I don't feel like that's okay <laughs> you gotta earn it. You gotta earn it. um so I think like for me it was just clearly you know as life goes on there's trauma and pain and hurt and when you guys presented it as like, you guys were going to come to Texas, we invited you here. And then um, we talked about doing like the combo inoculation. And I was just really in a place where I had felt like I was kind of stuck and like kind of okay with the things I was carrying around. Honestly, I like finding a therapist is such a bitch. Like mm. if I can just say, <laughs> yeah. and I don't have insurance. And so then it's almost impossible, which, you know, and I just don't like doing that sort of thing where you have to, like, search on the internet. Uh, <laughs> so I was, like, in a place where I was, like, I should probably start trying some stuff and then combo presented. And 
yeah, it just seemed like, all right, that's kind of something I should say yes to. And it just felt good to, to say yes. And then to invite it into my space and my home for you guys to, to do your thing. And I trust you both. Like mm. Alistair led me through the wilderness. <laughs> uh, JR provided my nourishment for oh. the entire trip. So I feel like it was automatically like a situation with you both that I was like, these people take care of me. Like they wouldn't, you know, present anything to me that would be like, you guys know me very well. And mm. If you both said like, that would be good for, for court. I felt like, okay. Mm. Like, yeah. And I, I, I really like the trust piece that you bring because it is so important. I feel like there there might be people out there who are seeking to work with these medicines and really want to, but are having a hard time finding the right guides. <laughs> and I tend to believe that there's a little bit of seeking that goes into it, but there's also a lot of like openness. Exactly. Yeah. Just like letting the right people come to you because they will. And it's this thing, like when the student is ready, the teacher appears or something like that. And, and it's, it's, it's true. I, I think it, it's been true for us and it continues to be true. And um, it is so crucial when we open these portals of healing to have the right person, which is why it's so hard to find a good therapist too. And because I feel like, it, uh, yeah, ther- uh, therapy is really complicated to find <laughs> the right person, it, and it's but it's worth it, right? Like it's it's magical when you do, but sometimes if you're in a time of distress and it takes you, you have to you know go through five people to find the right person. You're not in the right space to to look for the the right person because right. you know it it gets hard to discern is that person good for me or not? Is that going to be a good uh, therapist for me or not? So. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you're both kind of at least open to therapy, right? That seems definitely linked to being open to combo in some way, because if you're, if you have some appreciation, understanding of the therapeutic process and believe that it may be valuable, I think it's not too big of a stretch to think that combo might also be a therapy, right? Totally. Yeah. I I agree with that actually, because I mean, the premise of combo, like with therapy is to bring up things to the surface so that you can deal with them and look at them and release them. And uh, I think we tend not to want to do that or, you know, it's, it can be a a big leap for some people. Yeah. I think, think, no, no, go ahead. Like having been in therapy since like, I mean, I was eight, I think, you know, it does have that like openness where you're like sort of, if I just do this and it's really hard and like ugly and gross, like I will probably come out. You have that memory. Like mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. I feel like your cells react yeah. mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. way where when you see something that's difficult to go through, it, it kind of breaks that pattern of like avoiding it. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, let's go, let's go down that road. And then, because I know I'm going to be okay. Like yeah. I've, you know, yeah. but it's also was really nice to have this outside of like um, the medical, like big, pharma mm-hmm. institution which I'm like actively avoiding yeah. <laughs> so it, it's nice to you know find people in life that present these things or you kind of know like if these people have my best interest in mind and they're presenting something to me I can trust that because like my insurance isn't going to change and then I don't have you guys around anymore you know <laughs> yeah. it, it makes more sense to like yeah kind of follow those avenues and, I think and you used a word that I think uh, comes up when people are seek out therapy uh, and also when, and sounds like this was part of why you came to combo was and the word was stuck there mm-hmm. was things that were stuck 
And um, I wonder if you might talk a little bit more about your intentions, Courtney, for for coming to Combo. It sounds like there was a there's been a background of trauma, and that that is somehow connected. Um, is there is there other things or? Yeah, um, I guess for most of my life, I was like, um, you know, we were Christian. We were part of the church. I then went and I, I worked for a church and all this time, you know, in my early like college years, there was two cases of like violent um, sexual assault. And um, I, you know, tried literally everything like, you, you know, prayed to be a virgin again and you go through hours of intensive prayer where there's like, you know, I don't know. It just, it felt like it, it was my fault that I wasn't healing mm. in a lot of ways because there's that scripture about like renewing your mind. And it, it was like a lot of times it was like, just renew your mind or mm. just pray, <laughs> like pray it out or, you know, rebuke it. And if you're letting it back in, like where are your walls not like fortified? Like where there's not like a lot of room to be like the human you know, and so then leaving that that construct and I think I left when I was 24, 25, really Yosemite was like sort of the gateway to being in other worlds of kind of people that I felt like fit with me more. Mm-hmm. It's just been like a roller coaster since then. I feel like once you crack open, the cracking open like never stops. <laughs> and then it's just like and um, it's overwhelming and it's exhausting to try to heal from sexual trauma and try to like not place it in your romantic relationships or your professional relationships. And so I came to a point, it was pretty recent, um, just with everything going on and trying to, you know, work freelance, like get my home together where I was like, I can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. Like it just has to be a part of me and it has to just like be, and I have to be cool with like always sort of carrying that around. And, um, because I can't think about it. Like I, I don't have the capacity, like the emotional, like, ability you know to be in bed for a week I can't I provide Mm -hmm. for myself I have nobody yeah helping me in that way Mm -hmm. you know and so um it it felt for a long time I went into this like hyper masculine space because I you know got my house I was working and it was just like I have to just do tasks I have to provide I have to create the space and like there wasn't a lot of time to like feel womanly at the same time I had like shaved my head. Mm. And so then that added a layer of that like masculine thing. And then I think through that process, I just felt really stuck after to where I, there was this person I was sort of trying to reckon with, like, who could I have been? Who am I? And then who could I have been if I was never sexually assaulted? Would mm-hmm. I still be a part of the church? Because there's a lot of guilt with leaving that construct. Would mm-hmm. I still, would I have been able to make it work with like past partners? Like, could I have been gentler? Like, could I have been less angry, more kind, like more mellow? Um, and just kind of living in this like parallel with that other version of me that maybe in some other like reality existed. Mm-hmm. And I was just at a place where I was like, all right, I'm always just never, I'm never going to feel completely like in my body. Mm. Um, And so I think the first day of combo, I kind of went in like without sort of any intentions. Like I tend to not write down (laughs) a lot of like, you know, this is what I want to do. It, it, I tried to let it come to me. So I went in pretty open And I don't think I was even thinking about those things I was dealing with because 
of everything that was going on. I mean, I have four house guests right now. I just got the puppy. Like, there's a lot. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I can't think about the reasons I'm, like, a little messed up. Like, <laughs> I, you know, like, I think I just need to just get to the mat. Like, yeah. my first intention was just, like, get there. And, like, that day needed to come because mm. I had known about it for months, I think. Yeah. So mm. I've been, like, preparing to do this. And then, like, in the meantime, not... I didn't do any research. I didn't, like, look up videos about what it was about. I didn't ask anyone about their experiences. I was just ready to, like, play. Like, I was ready to go. Mm. Um, it sounds like then, you had, you, you said this earlier, too. Um, you had kind of a gut feeling or an instinctual feeling that this was a good move for you. Yeah, 100%. Because I was just, like, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> knew I was stuck. <laughs> I knew the stuff sucked. I don't want to live like this. But I also, like, don't have the energy to search for like other avenues and this was I've been waiting for it for months and I I knew it was going to be good and yeah. in my stomach like I feel like if I would have just said yes um because I thought you guys were cool and I wanted to be cool and like mm. be down mm. um, eventually it would have come to me like no don't do that mm. and I would have also followed mm. that um but since I had such a time to sort of like cultivate the idea um it was like this is gonna be I knew it was going to be healing. Yeah. Um, so I went into it really open. And then by day two, it was more of an intentional, like, let's mm. get this shit out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love I love that you said that, you you know, you didn't make a list and you just showed up ready to play. Because uh, during my first ayahuasca retreat ever, I actually showed up with a list. Like, I made a list of all the things. And, like, there really was a seriously... Like uh, the majority of me really thought that I could just get rid of all these, uh, like check all these boxes in one night. And when it it was just now that I look back on it, it's ridiculous. But that was really like that was how I approach it. Say, all right, here are all the ways that I'm fucked up. And ayahuasca, you do your thing in eight hours and then we're good to go. And then I can just have fun. Uh, It didn't work out that way, obviously. Uh, (laughs) That's very American of you. Yes, yes, yes. I am trying to adjust to this place. Yeah, I always feel like that as fast as you can. Yeah, exactly. And like an outline. Like, I'll be like, here's five things. And then I try to work on them. And it's like, point A about thing one. Yeah, And then there's like more bullets. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I thought it was going to be five things, but it's like a gazillion when you actually open the the folder. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I, I love everything you shared because I think... I like that. I like that the the group that showed up for the inoculation seemed to have um, varying reasons for why they wanted to be here. Like we had one woman in the space who found that she was living a really unhealthy lifestyle at the moment and she felt like she needed a really strong detox and kind of a reset. And uh, I've been in touch with her since the end of the inoculation and it sounds like she's getting it. Like she's, she told me she was drinking a lot of coffee prior to the inoculation and that's something that she was trying to kick because she, she knew it was too much for her and for her body. And she told me she hasn't drank a cup of coffee since the, since she stopped. So it's really awesome to see all the different reasons. And, uh, and I know for me, when I went into combo, there was a, I mean, for me, the whole medicine path really started with also trauma and sexual abuse and, and, and how to 
I think I wanted, I've done the talk therapy a lot and it was helpful and, and I've done like other forms of therapy and everything was helpful, but there's, there came a point for me where I realized like a lot of the work has to be somatic and I have to, you know, this idea that the unconscious actually is the body that like we, our, our, our experiences get stuck in like body tissue mm -hmm. and, and, and have in like releasing that. And it's been my experience, especially with combo that this is how it's worked. And maybe Rachel, you can tell us like, what were your reasons or desires or intentions when you came to combo? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, all too common that, you know, women are sexually abused. There's three of us in the room and we all have a story. So that always is just, you know, staggering when I hear it again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like Courtney, like I was violently assaulted uh, multiple times growing up. Um, I was 15 when it first happened. So really, really young. And just that amount of trauma, like hitting in your formative years, just it sticks. Like it gets really deep. Um so I also tried all kinds of therapy. You know, I did a women's circle. I did talk therapy for a while. I did, um, you know, I've, I've done, you know, different. Um, one of my favorites is nonlinear movement, which is kind of in the realm of combo where you just let like your body do the work. Mm. You try to like override your lizard brain and just let your body do the work. Um, that one is really nice, but sometimes you've got to get the brain involved and just to reach that second layer. Um, so I kind of felt like I reached like 85% healed mm. and there was just like that 15 that was just stuck mm. and it's just hanging on. It's like, man, I've tried all these things. You know, we, we do the prayer thing. We do go to another conference, get anointed by that lady because she knows what she's talking about. Like you can try all those avenues and sometimes it just doesn't work. And I think we don't view the body the right way. Like we're spirits having a human experience not humans having a spiritual experience. So like, yeah, your body, you know, it, in Christianity, we call it a temple. And I think that's very accurate. Like you get a crack in your foundation, you don't ignore it. Mm -hmm. You fill the crack. But what if I've tried, you know, putty and it's not the right kind that, and so it's kind of that analogy of like, you can try these things and they don't work. So sometimes you have to try something unexpected, like combo yeah. <laughs> to really, <laughs> to really just like, blow some holes into the walls and just get this stuff out. And so for me, it was just like, I feel like I've exhausted my resources and I'm, I'm willing to try anything to just reach that last point. I had the intention of really working on my femininity. Like Courtney, I stay very masculine, the do, 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 get it done. Um, that was how I survived college, which duh but <laughs> that's also like a very like pastoral thing like I take care of other people mm -hmm. so I have to be very intentional with taking care of myself and shifting you know from doing to being and I feel like for me day one was kind of the same where I didn't really know what to expect I just wanted to like get into it see what it was like and see what happened and so day two I had a much harder intention but I knew I just wanted to open things up and get them out However that needed to look, I was fine with it. And yeah. Just so happened to be vomiting and sweating, but <laughs> it really did work um, to get those like last few layers just detached from the cell walls, you know, so then you could get them out. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like with both of you, the 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 general intention, especially mostly on day one of I'm just going to show up and see what happens. I remember we we served ourselves 
combo before we did the inoculation with you guys. Like a few days prior, we we took a morning aside and we did combo ourselves. And I remember as combo was starting to like get more and more into my system, I remember having this thought of like, oh my God, how am I going to explain to people what happens on combo? It's like, and it's just like, oh, it's so intense. Like even, you know, it's like for me too. And I'm like, we're going to serve this to people? That's crazy. <laughs> they don't know what they're in for. Should we really be doing this? <laughs> and it, this kind of brings me to, I think there's something I hear in both of your intentions was a general desire to trust the, the people serving you and to trust your gut feeling and to trust the medicine to yeah. sort of work on what it needed to work. And I think that's also what I've had to learn over and over. It's like, I can come with all the intentions in the world, but Sometimes you think, you know, it's like, oh, I want to work on the sexual trauma. And then the medicine takes me back to something that happened when I was two as like, no, actually, the way the trauma impacted you is because of something that happened back then. And so you have to start there. Otherwise, you can't move on. And so it's always surprising to me how much I have to surrender into the intelligence of, of combo and ayahuasca is the same because I don't know what I need. I have a general sense and I can like bring that intention up to the intelligence of the plant, but I have to, or the frog, but I have to release any expectations of how it's going to look. And um, I know that like building faith is one of the key points of, of this work for us because we have to find the faith in ourselves, but then we have to be able to model it to people mm -hmm. when we serve. And I think faith is always critical whenever you are facing an unknown, when you're looking at walking into something unknown, right? That's where faith really comes up. And I remember in my life, when I, I wasn't raised in the church. My parents had a spiritual background, but it was pretty open, not very structured, and, and kind of left for me to figure things out for myself, um, which I appreciated. His parents have the best book collections. Like his dad has literally all the spiritual texts of all the different traditions. That's like they're nice. all on the same sh same shelves. And I, I really discovered the role or the necessity of faith for myself when when I stepped away from you know my job in my my mid twenties, which in the startup world, and definitely had been indoctrinated in the startup world. Right? There's a dogma there too. And so when I when I wanted to step away from that and I realized, hey, this isn't working for me, I need to figure out my own way, it became really apparent really quickly like that I needed faith, faith mm -hmm. in myself and faith in, you know, something greater than myself as well that was kind of steering the way or, or guiding this. And I think there's something similar and it's interesting that you both come from backgrounds of faith and from from the church because it does seem to me that it has made you more receptive, not only to combo as a as a possibility, interestingly enough, because I would act, you know, at first I might think uh, people in the church, uh, they're probably less likely to be receptive to something like that. Um, and in, in both your cases, it seems to be the other way. You seem you both have seemed more spiritually receptive to to trying that. And also, um, and I hear particularly in what you're saying, Rachel, is more receptive to exploring these unknown places, right? Um, which to me really centers and revolves around having faith. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if you might speak to that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think, you know, 
the box that Christianity built was like very well intentioned and well meaning a lot, you know, without going like too far into church history, like a lot of American Christians are only from one denominational background. Like only Protestants came to America for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then the other denominations, like we don't really have Quakers anymore, but they came like, so as things evolved and changed, you know, um, we got a very like one lensed view of what Christianity was meant to be. And they did, you know, they came to a hostile land that was unsettled. Like they needed a structure, you know, humans do really well with the box. Like we do good in parameters. Like it's easier to raise your kids. Uh, it's easier to, you know, lay foundations, you know, it's also easier to keep slaves when you keep everything rigid. Like it's not, yeah, it's not just a good or bad, right? Like there's so much grade to it. Um, but I think that's like the beauty of being a person. Like faith is multifaceted. Hope is multifaceted. Love doesn't look one, you know, there is no one size fits all on those things. And to say faith has to look just like one thing, you're just limiting what a, an unlimited God, like it kind of goes against our own teachings. Like, well, God is all powerful and all good, but don't mess with things that he did. Don't mm -hmm. mess with creation. Don't mess with people who he also created, but they don't believe like you. Like that never made sense to me. Mm. So, you know, like I can reconcile things with faith that other Christians don't. I definitely think, you know, I'm kind of speaking for Courtney here, but I don't think we're very normal Christians. Like mm. we're not, you know, the median, <laughs> the median everyday American Christian, especially not in Texas. Yeah, either. I was going to say, especially not in Texas. <laughs> no, yeah. Like you definitely get a very it's very homogenous and I'm grateful that my parents weren't, you know, they just weren't those kinds of people. Like my mom could love anyone. Like she could love a tree stump. Like, so that was just nice. You know, she didn't, there was no, like our help. You know, there wasn't like racism because my mom was just like, they're just people like, you know, they're just darker skin. Like she could just give me an answer as a little kid to things that other people just, I guess, didn't try to answer. So unknown things were never meant to be scary. Like I keep thinking of this scripture, it's in Psalm. So it's King David. He says like, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I fear no evil. Mm. And he goes on to say like, God, you're with me. Like, that's why I'm not afraid. And so to me, it's like, yeah, you know, we can't separate ourselves from God. We can't separate from source. So to say God wouldn't be with me in a combo ceremony is the same to say that God wouldn't be with me in church. Mm. Right. Like you can't just make it different. Like, God is here in this room. God is with, you know, outside, like it's everything it's in everything. And like to just limit it, it, it just kind of doesn't make sense to me. And faith is, you know, it's the things, it's the substance of things unseen. Mm. Like I don't see the work combo is doing. I don't see the work I'm doing in therapy either. Like mm. there's just things that happen outside of the physical realm that we can touch that we know happens. And like Christians uh, say they operated that but then, you know, to just like cut it off, it's like you're you're cutting off so much of what the spirit could do for you. I, I like how you say it's the substance of, of stuff unseen. I think something that I know I struggled with um, with 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 combo and ayahuasca to some degree. And and I see it when now that we're starting to introduce combo to other people is there's this part of the mind that they want to know, okay, what's it going to do for me? Okay. Mm -hmm. What are the, what are all the risks? What are, you know, like they really want to like intellectually understand combo. And first off, there just hasn't been enough research done on it to do that or to, to really provide that. But 
my my experience with combo is that I can't really tell you what it's you know you can't really say what it's going to do and a lot of that is you know I think trying to make an unknown situation known mm-hmm. in advance which is it ends up being kind of futile that at some point I feel like anyone who's going to do combo has to cross the threshold of okay I don't know what's going to happen I'm not sure how what what's going to go on here but I have just, I I think this feels right and I'm and I'm going to do it. And there's always that kind of boundary that has to be crossed for the first time, right? Yeah. I, and it, it makes me think of like birth, you know, it's like you can read as much as you want on birth, but my understanding is it will like, you know, not be what you expect every mm-hmm. time. And, and it, it's, how do you explain, like, how do you explain to a man how it feels to have menstrual cramps, mm. you know, you, you can't, like, it's just, <laughs> whack them. <laughs> I, I, don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that and would sadness. even work. <laughs> <laughs> and chocolate. <laughs> no, but it's, it, there's, there's, there's a limit, you know, and that's, that, that's the, that's the experiential part. It's, I can only model to you the fact that like, for instance, why are midwives like so like good spiritual holistic midwives? Why are they so important to have in your birth space? Because most of the time they're just here to tell you I've been to X amount of birth and this is all normal. So like when you feel like your face is starting to swell up on combo, yeah, that's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney, Courtney's been getting like combo coming up. I'm like like, coughing. (laughs) But yeah, it's just like again this 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 trust and this faith in the process and also experience. Like I we've gone through it X amount of times and we know that all these symptoms are normal or a variation of normal and, and know when something's not okay. But that's also why, you know, in our, in our training, we've been taught to do test point procedures. Like when we serve someone for the first time, we'll test a point, one point and see how people react and make sure it's okay. And so far so good. And it's actually pretty rare to have people react. And even if they do, it's not a problem. It's just like, there are processes that we follow, but to some degree, like we build as much of a structure around the ceremony and in ourselves to be like, you can do this. Uh, we're here to hold space for you and everything you're going through right now as we're like being with you is normal, mm-hmm. even if sometimes it feels like overwhelming or you're sw- you're sweating so much or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like we've seen it and it seems there seems to be a consistent pattern so this piece of experience feels like really important. That's how you build faith is just mm-hmm. by continually having the experience and realizing there's a pattern to it. And also you're not dying. And also most of the time you're actually way better for having gone through it. And like, that's how you build the faith. So before we get into you guys sharing your experience, because I think that's, you know, that's the part I'm most interested in and that I think everyone is, uh, I wanted to ask, so before combo, there's a few kind of restrictions and, and preparations that you have to do. So you have to not have any alcohol or recreational drugs 24 hours before and 24 hours, 24 hours after combo. Uh, you also have to be off of supplements and certain medications. And, um, and then also you have to dry fast for 12 hours prior to ceremony. And I was wondering how those things were for you guys. Cause, um, Rachel, I know that 
you uh, smoke weed. And mm-hmm. I used to, I know when I used to smoke weed, like regularly, it would have been really tough to imagine having to, you know, not do it for a day. And mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that for some people that can be a concern. And so I was wondering if you guys could talk about uh, that. Yeah. You know, I actually think it was harder to go without coffee than it was without <laughs> weed. I think I have like a really healthy relationship with weed. Um, I very much use it as a medicine. Um, and like, of course, you know, I think it can fall into the same category as like I'm having a glass of wine with my girlfriends. Like it's for fun, but it's more social, not like I need this. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised with how easy it was to like not have the weed only on day one when I puked a lot I was like man like this would get it to stop so (laughs) that would have like it would have been nice in that moment um but so was water so you know it kind of wasn't as a big deal to me as I thought it would be which was nice but I don't drink you know really at all so no alcohol for me is pretty much the norm the lack of coffee was definitely harder so I would maybe recommend like if you're a heavy coffee drinker like at least you know two cups a day kind of a person like try to cut it down Mm. over the week prior that might make it a little better because you are going to be like sweating and puking so Mm. that caffeine headache felt a little extra intense um but yeah so that's definitely something I think people should have in the back of their mind but fasting is pretty easy for me um I get really busy and then I forget to eat. I'm just one of those people. So going like 12 to 20 hours without eating kind of happens for me anyway. Um, but you know, I know one of the other people in our group, like she's used to having breakfast every day. So she would be like, Oh, by the time, like we were in ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it was like that for you. Was it court? No, I was pretty chill. I just accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I I will get kind of grumpy if I don't eat. And I'm doing things, I would say. But I think the restriction felt really good. Like, even a few days after the ceremony, I kind of stayed away from eating anything solid. I went straight back to coffee, I'll be honest. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whoops. Uh, <laughs> but I would just, yeah, it felt really good to, to cleanse and then... I don't know, just keep that sort of pocket of time as food. But it was also in a social way because I was like with my friends. And mm-hmm. so it was really fun. Like, be like, oh, we've been like, what do you want to eat today? And, you know, I, I usually. <laughs> the dinners after combo are always great. They're so good. And yeah. I, I tend to have a lot of stress around food. Like I can really like on a daily basis is something I like think about. Yeah, it was nice to not have that and to just wake up. And yeah, there was a few moments where I was like pretty grouchy. (laughs) (laughs) But I think like it was also really cool because there were six women doing the same thing. And so it creates like a camaraderie. But like it's, you know, the the struggle brings you closer. So everyone was just kind of like, how are you doing? No, I'm okay. I'm going to have water. The last day was a little tough because I did go like close to last. And mm-hmm. so at that point I was like, all right, I have been fasting for 19 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels intense, but at the same time, it was really interesting to be like, I can just fast for 19 hours. Mm. Like there's this attachment we have to like waking up eating and then, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to do that. It mm-hmm. feels really good mm-hmm. to sort of like push yourself in that way. Um, I had already quit drinking um, alcohol but I think it would have been a lot harder for me had I not like already stopped. And I think the experience would not have been mm. like, I would almost recommend if you, the the moment you say yes to doing combo, you stop probably 
alcohol intake just yeah. because it would probably feel really gross to still have yeah. that stuff in my system. Mm-hmm. But then after, like, it's a really emotional experience. So that was like a, a glass of wine would be really great. <laughs> it was more of that. Like, yeah. that would be nice right now. I just did a lot. And yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm really tired. Can I get a reward for the wound? <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely an important uh, physical kind of nutritional reason for the fast with combo. But beyond that, I think the way I kind of think about the fast and, and reducing things is also, it's a way to come to combo as you are. Yeah. There are physical reasons that, that we require everyone to fast for combo that are important, but I think there is also powerful spiritual reasons. One of them being, and this isn't always apparent if you're doing combo for the first time, but it becomes more apparent after for sure. And especially if you continue to work with combo is that what you're doing is basically approaching combo and saying, Hey, I'd like to start a relationship with you with, with the spirit of combo. And I think it's very um, important to, to come as we are. Right. I, I kind of think about the fast as a way to help us kind of take off the armor or kind of, robe in a way and mm-hmm. come to combo naked as we are and and i've noticed something that's that's challenging but often very nourishing for people around this experience is not just the physical aspects of the fast like not you know taking supplements or drinking water or eating right before but it's also the fact that combo is there's kind of a lifestyle fast that combo requires we're going to do this for three days so it's going to kind of you're not going to be able to work very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say you can you can do stuff in the in the afternoons, evenings, but you're likely not going to want to. So it also requires us to slow down, um, and that's something, especially here in the West, a lot of us have difficulty with. And I, I think maybe I think Courtney that this was true for you because I know that you're kind of go 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 go, and I wonder how that was. <laughs> That, that aspect of it was. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's it's funny because like as we're talking about this, it's like the fasting thing I've done so many times. I mean, I was raised Christian. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we're praying for something specific and I still do this, like, you know, fasting, it, I feel like it makes the veil thinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it brings me more into like my body in like a spiritual sense than instead of like filling, you know, it's mm-hmm. just the Christian um, dieta. That's what, <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> um, and so, but in that aspect, I had never, you know, I've given up like eating for a certain amount of time or like sh- whatever you're fasting um, can be anything that you feel like you're maybe depending on. Um, I've never taken the time to slow down during those times. Mm. So it was always a really miserable experience because mm. I'm like, I'm going to fast. But then like, holy shit, I have four classes today. I was, you know, working five jobs in college, like trying to do these fasts. And you can't like, it's miserable. Your body exactly. is, uh, it needs the fuel. And like, it's like, well, yeah, but you know, that's where it's like the spirit of <laughs> Christ endures you um and you can do it like I can do all things and it was really really lovely for me to surrender into not only the fasting part but surrender into all right I'm I went first I went yeah first the first day and then there was just like this long period of time like I think four to five hours or maybe it just feels that long um where you just lay on your mat and it was really tough at first Mm -hmm. um to just like stop 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, as soon as it's three, I'm going to like break out my computer. I have this graphic to make, like, let me get in touch with these people. And I just had to like surrender into like both the physical part, but then the mental and emotional ties that I have to like producing mm. and creating. Mm. And it was like three days where by the second day I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> no one texted me. I had like 60 text messages, like all these emails and I didn't care. Mm. And it was like the first time in a long time, because even when I go on vacation, I can't remember the last time I went on like a trip. Yosemite was the last time I didn't have mm. my computer for a trip and I mm. left it at home. So yeah, fasting that, but it's so important to rest while you're, first of all, trying to get in touch with your spiritual side. Because yeah. how can you when you're then just yeah. pumping information into your brain? Totally. Yeah. Or, so. or crutching with like a glass of wine or things. And I think that's another aspect of it that uh, I find valuable is we go through this experience with Combo. It's It can be very taxing. Very It can be very challenging, right? Um, and we can't. And a lot of times, especially if we're used to this kind of pattern, we might immediately reach for a glass of wine after emotionally difficult day, right? Or maybe it's it's a a, a drag off a off a cigarette or a joint or whatever. And when we when we work with combo, those things are kind of off limits for a little while. And so it, I see this as it it really it's helpful because it helps us actually face what we're working with. Cause a lot of times combo, you know, is, is like loosening things up or, or kind of unsticking things. Right. And that usually means that we have to experience these things. We have to work through them uh, in, on different levels, right? Maybe it's spiritually, maybe it's emotionally, maybe it's very physical as, as it was with you, Rachel, the mm-hmm. first day when you, <laughs> when you were vomiting post ceremony yeah. for, for a lot of the day, <laughs> And you said, hey, uh, I, you know, I know what would help me here is if I smoke some marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very valuable to to take those away for a little while. Also, to like just remind ourselves that we don't need these things. Mm-hmm. And also to allow us to be in touch with whatever discomfort or whatever is making itself present so that we can work with it. Because it, to me, com- Combo is also teaching us a stance toward working with with these things it's it's kind of showing us how how we face them right and 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 a lot of my in my mind a lot of what purging is 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 really kind of connecting with them getting in touch with them and moving through these things um and which is why i find it really valuable the fast yeah and it was kind of interesting because i don't think in our own combo experiences, I've never really given it much thought because it, when we did it, most of the time, it was just the two of us being served, either serving each other or like mm-hmm. our teacher. And we were just two people in the inoculation. And this time there were six. So that makes the ceremony significantly uh, longer. And, and so the people who go like it, it makes it so that the time you have food is actually fairly late in the day. Uh, so I've never given it too much thought because I think for us, usually by one, we were done and had snacks and then I could have like lunch or whatever. But I've heard from a few people in the group this over the weekend that they really enjoyed the fasting part because that felt like part of the detoxing. It felt like an an, an opportunity to not put anything into your body and actually take something that puts that takes stuff out of your body and so like that really reinforces the detox part and 
for like for spiritual reasons, I totally agree with what you were saying, Alistair. But then like on the physical, purely like detoxifying of the organism, it, it's it's really cool to to look at it this way. So that was kind of interesting to hear um, women share that. Let's get into the experience. Let's do it. And let's do it. I was uh, so yeah. I mean, I don't know who wants to start, but I'd love to hear you guys like walk us through your experience over the three days and and maybe another like so like maybe your own personal experience but something else that I'm curious is like your thoughts or your relationship to the ceremony container and Mm. because there's a lot of procedures and it it kind of is very structured in a way and so and that's also rare right we don't have these kind of spaces so much at least maybe maybe more in the church but I, I find in my own life, like this is very new to have these types of ceremonies. So just wondering if you could talk us through. Yeah, um, I definitely think the church still has, you know, we have rituals. Um, so it wasn't very foreign, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, like it's just another ritual. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we sage the house, we do like a breathing exercise before to get into our body. Like, it's nothing really all that crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm like, I do those things just normally <laughs> so yeah that's not weird like the mesa probably is like the most you know different thing just because it's something that's very unique to you guys so it wasn't it was just like not our stuff like not decorations from the house or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. but I don't think the mesa is like a weird piece like it's nice to have something that you can you know lay with your head facing the mesa like those things just provided a container to allow like all of our femininity to just like move within it. So mm. it felt very nice to me. Um, and I, for those who don't know what the Mesa is, <laughs> it's just the altar that, that we set up with like crystals and particular objects that are charged with medicine for. Yeah. And like, they definitely bring some kind of like comfort. Like we could bring our own to our uh, little mats and nests, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, it was nice to have like my own pillow and blanket, mm. like just those comforting things after you went through such a tough moment. Like it was really nice. Um, I do think the ceremony space itself kind of forced us into like the word that I came that it's not right, but it's the only one that comes to mind is like, it was almost a primal state of being for us, right? Mm. Like humans didn't used to eat every single day and like having access to water is a privilege, you know, like it really shifted those things back to a very like base level thing. Like we just needed food, water and like shelter. Like, yeah. And so that was really nice to strip away the things that they didn't need to be in the space. I, you know, day one, like we've talked about, I was just very sensitive to the medicine. So my (laughs) test point went on and 10 seconds I puked. Uh, (laughs) And And I puked well into the rest of the day, um, long after ceremony was over. um, But now that I've had time to like sit, I I know why, you know, I was clearing things that didn't just have to do with me. And because the medicine is intelligent, like it took me further back than I thought it would. So there were more things I needed to undo that I, you know, I thought I came to terms with them with peace with them. And they weren't like something I was hanging on to, but because we're like energetically connected to our families, you know, I was hanging on to things for my family. And so having that moment to clear it and that whole day really was nice in hindsight it sucked obviously in the moment but on the second day I was like we did we already did the work like this is going to be easy comparatively so you know day two I was 
I had more intentions for myself, but I knew like if day one was clearing things that didn't just have to do with me, like the rest of the ceremonies would also be the same. Mm. Um, so I was okay with that, you know, like I'm, it's in my job, I do things for other people. So it was, you know, just another form of that. Do they know like where the points go on the body? Have y'all explained that? Uh, actually, probably, but it's 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 a it's worth a reminder. On the first day, we we do a traditional point placement. So for women, it's the inside of the right ankle, and for men, it's the uh, upper left arm. And then after though after that first day where we do that, then we open it up to you know chakra points and which are on the spine and also auricular points which are in the ear and have like special effects mm-hmm. and so on on day two pretty much like everyone did chakra points I yeah i i think i was the only one who only focused on one chakra on that day i think everyone else kind of spaced them out but um i always had a knot in my solar plexus and none of the work I've done could get rid of it entirely, but you know, combo did. <laughs> and you've had that for a while, like right? a decade, yeah. <laughs> like since my first actual um, violent sexual assault, um, it formed. You know, like your body just holds on to those things. So uh, that's just where I don't know why it chose that area of my body to hang on to, but that's where it was. So we just went straight for my solar plexus on day two. And I really felt, you know, the knot unfurl and the colors that came out when I was uh, vomiting were definitely things that were like stuck in the folds of that knot. Mm. And so, you know, while the colors were a little freaky (laughs) every day, um, apparently someone's vomited blue before. So at least it wasn't that intense. (laughs) (laughs) But seeing those like dark colors, like you knew, like just like dark blood from a period, you know, like, you know, it's been there for a long time and it needed to come out and... So it felt great. Like, I won't lie, it didn't taste good at all, but it (laughs) it felt great to get it out. Um, Day two was also just definitely so multi-layered for me. Um, I purged far less on day two and my whole body just like shook for a really long time. Mm. Um, So I definitely had a moment where I just felt like an animal in the wild, just shaking out, you know, like after a fight, just getting it out of my body. So it felt really nice, you know, to know like, my body is smart enough to know what to do here. Mm. And I didn't, I wasn't very cognitively like in control of it. You know, the medicine was doing its thing. So just to have my body know like what to do is great. And I guess, you know, you hear that as a woman, like when you have a baby, your body's going to know what to do, but like your body knows what to do all the time. Mm. So it was nice to have that like really put into perspective for me. And I feel like that goes back to this, this idea of faith and trust, because I think a lot of us, don't think our body is doing mm-hmm. what it should do all the time because yeah. <laughs> like especially in the case of someone who has like multiple physical conditions there's a tendency to view the body as an enemy or mm-hmm. as something that's trying to attack yourself or whereas actually no the body is always trying to achieve some sort of equilibrium it's just like it's about removing what's preventing that to yeah. happen in our view the medicine is is very linked to that you know we remind people when we're going through this that Combo is an ally that is actually supporting the bodily functions and supporting what the body already wants to do, which is to do, which is to purge. And this is a very different perspective than thinking like, oh, hey, I put something in my body and it's made me sick. Mm. And it takes some experience and for, at least for me, to start trusting that, like, you know, combo is actually an ally here. Combo is actually assisting me and mm-hmm. getting these things out. Yeah. And I kind of think of it like, as you're saying that, I just, you know, thought of this, like 
when we hurt, like, say we have, like, an achy knee and we take Motrin. Like, how does the Motrin know where to go? Mm. Like, we don't ever think about it. We're just like, we know this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, I didn't have that mindset going into combo, but that's definitely the same thing. Like, it's going to know where to go yeah. and what to work on. And while you might have an idea, like, I, I wanted to work on my solar plexus, right? I had the intention and it did work, but... The medicine worked on more than just that area. It's and very I, I know it did. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you can feel it like the the sensation of combo. If I could explain it, you know, Courtney kind of called it like a tattoo, but I would more it felt more like a bee sting for me and like <laughs> the initial intensity. But as it like spreads, it felt very pleasant, actually, which was surprising. Like the tingling as it spread, I thought would be more intense. But um, on the spine points, it was really nice. And it felt, you know, like it wrapped around my body in a very like soft and gentle way. And I just felt held by the medicine, even though it was so very intense. Uh, but day three was the best, you know, on being able to handle it. Uh, I definitely could have done more points, but I'm glad I stuck with what I went with. I decided on day three to do my heart, my solar plexus and my sacral chakra. And then we did an auricular point what was it? The shin men? Mm-hmm. Was, okay. Yeah. I thought the, the, the ear would, chakra, I thought the yeah. ear would be intense, but you know, as Alistair said, you don't have nerve endings in your in cartilage ears. So it wasn't that bad. Um, I, what did you call The layering treatment is yeah, what we yeah, did yeah. on day three. Yeah. So it was, I thought it would be more intense because it took longer, but it was, it was nice, you know, gently going into the medicine. It did make it last longer, but I purged again, less on the third day. But it felt like the stuff in my stomach was not what needed to come out. Like, I sweat a lot more on day three. So mm. there were other things that were getting cleared, you know. And while I un- I understand the body, because I work with a doctor, like, draining your lymphatic system is good for you anyway. But, like, having that moment where I know, like, oh, this whole system that's been holding stuff for I don't know how long, it's a good flush. Mm. Like, that was a, that was the only thought I had on day three of, like, this is nice. Like, that's getting <laughs> out. Um <laughs> Because I'm one of those people, like, I could sit in a sauna for 45 minutes and I'm just, like, a little damp. Mm, you know, like, yeah. more people are, like, beating and sweat. Like, that's never been me and my sister's the same way. So I think, you know, there's something to it. Our bodies just want to hang on to stuff. But by day three, you know, I definitely felt the best. I definitely could have worked, but I'm glad I didn't. I don't know yeah. how anyone did anything the next day. Um, I am okay with resting, though. Like, I have, I had a lot of illnesses that manifested from my trauma growing up. So forced rest had already been, you know, forced into my lifestyle. So I know, you know, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm going to really feel it. If I don't drink enough water, I'm really going to feel it. Mm-hmm. So the napping for four hours, you know, I went, I went first on day three. So I got to sleep the whole time everyone else went. And that was just great. Because <laughs> um, that doesn't happen. Like our culture is so very much like, Okay, you did this thing, you're done, move on to the next. Mm-hmm. And like, while it did felt like as the days went on, you know, we did have to do that because it's like you got to get to the next day. Because once you get to day three, you know, then you're finally done with this. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if it came faster than I thought it would, but like, there was this, I want it to be done, but I don't kind of a feeling mm-hmm. where I enjoyed what was happening because I knew it was so beneficial for me. But at the same time, it's like, we can't you know we can't stay in this bubble of like not doing anything yeah Yeah. and just eating apple slices and hummus like in the (laughs) afternoon like it's a lovely world but you know you can't stay there (laughs) and (laughs) 
well, we need it. We need those breaks. Like our culture does not encourage it enough. It really was a good reset all around to like then reintegrate back into the world and into work. And I felt like in the way that you want a vacation to feel when you come back, like that's kind of how it felt. Wow. (laughs) Damn. That's great. (laughs) I, I wonder if you'd also speak. I know you were working on themes around femininity during during the uh, inoculation and you'd shared an experience of fingers on day two that was particularly powerful and I wonder if you would if you would share that again yeah so during day two I you know I was targeting my trauma that was like sexual assault related um so I knew this space was gonna be hard just by the nature of it um and so on day two Alistair was administering the medicine to me which is already weird for me. I'm not into touch. Like um, in Christianity, we have love languages, you know, and touch is one of them. And it's always like zero on my list. Like it doesn't, (laughs) doesn't register at all for me. So touch alone is not my thing. And of course, you know, the person administering the medicine to you has to touch your body and that's on your back, which already felt very intimate to me. Like Mm -hmm. the only people had ever seen my back were people had seen me shirtless. And that's usually, you know, if it's not my friends, because we're like changing for something random, like it's usually a sexual encounter. So for those moments, it was just kind of like, ah, just, it's okay. Like Alistair's literally married, like his wife is right here. Like it's not even like that, you know, but I think that's just the initial trauma response. Like there's a man touching my skin. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not good. Yeah. Um, so that was like the first barrier to overcome even before the medicine was in play, but you know, the medicine works whether it's on you or not. Um, so it was kind of cool to already have that, like, I felt the resistance, but I didn't have a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just, like, having to breathe it in and just be like, it's okay. Like, I'm safe. It's fine. Um, and then, you know, as we're walking through it, Alistair and JR are, like, right there, you know, singing lovely songs and or banging the drum, like, whatever you're needing in the moment. And there's a moment when Alistair just was like, I love you, Rachel. And I'm like hands on the ground just shaking away and I think this is the only time I actually said words and I said like I love you Alistair back and you know he didn't know something in his spirit probably knew and like I needed to hear like a masculine voice tell me like I love you and not in a way that was manipulative or you know he's not someone familiar like my dad so it had this deeper impact hearing those words that like masculinity is also good and loving. And so if, you know, like there has to be a balance between the feminine and the masculine. And my femininity always felt like smothered by other masculine energy. So having someone with like pure intention, like there was no, like there was nothing on the end of it other than I love you, like just pure love. So having that moment really just like sunk into my system that like men, you know, masculinity, people who present as men they are they're okay they're good too and I felt like I collectively kind of forgave a bunch of men in that moment like I was hanging Courtney kind of talked to this recently of like you know you hang on to it and I always think of that saying um you know unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking the other person will die Mm -hmm. like being able to forgive the people that hurt me the men who had hurt me through Alistair, someone who I knew, you know, could like channel it well. It was just very powerful and very transformative to see 
masculinity in a good form and have, you know, it, there was no manipulation to it. Like, I love you tend to be words that were used to manipulate me. So it, it was always hard to accept, like, I'm worthy of love from someone who I, you know, I have no, like, I don't owe them anything, mm. you know, I don't have to have sex with them later. And that's why they're saying this, right. Or whatever it might be. And so it was just very freeing and very much like, now that I've forgiven the masculine, like I felt the femininity rise, like the balance mm. had like reshifted itself. And it was just so beautiful to be held in that moment by like someone like Alistair who just, you know, the intention was just, I'm loving you through this mm-hmm. end of story. And to have that is, you know, I'm definitely going to hang on to that for a really long time. Like, I love you too, man. Like I hated <laughs> that. Like, you know, and to hear I love you when you're like gross and vulnerable and sweaty, like, yes, like yes. that just it means so much more. Mm. It's it's really beautiful that you share <laughs> that. And it it's funny because it came to me as such a surprise to hear all that happened after that. Because you know, when when we're facilitating combo, you just see the person kind of vomiting. Like you have no you you, you don't always have an idea what what exactly is happening and i remember i don't know why that came up i don't even remember being like conscious of it uh in the in the moment other than it's like oh, okay here it is and and share it and so thank you for for sharing your side yeah, it's so beautiful and this is probably the thing i love the most about having the privilege of serving the medicine alongside you aster just because as someone who also has a past of sexual trauma it there is this there is this um this fear of the masculine and that the masculine is dangerous in in essence you know and i feel like unfortunately it is how it is but we are also living in a current zeitgeist where you know we're talking a lot about masculine as this inherently bad thing or inherently toxic and it's really sad for all of us included that this is a narrative that gets thrown out there I understand why it is but it's Mm -hmm. I find that I was like watching in my own relationship to Alistair outside in in the medicine space his work to continue to embody the sacred healthy masculine and bring that to a group of only women nonetheless Mm -hmm. was just so powerful because I think that even if it was unconscious, a lot of us got healing from seeing that. And every time I see him, you know, just holding his side of the balance, like mm-hmm. the feminine is not everything. And like, we can't be, you know, like we both hold the feminine and the masculine, but we have to let the the men hold their end of mm-hmm. the, the healthy spec, like the, how to be healthy on that spectrum. And, it's it's really beautiful to to hear your experience, Rachel, because I think a lot of us got like there was a lot of collective healing in that. Yeah. And and I know that in my own relationship with Alistair, in our own personal relationship, his kindness and his general like purity of spirit is is like has been really helpful in reminding me and constantly reminding me like, oh, no, the masculine can actually be really healthy and also really uh, kind and supportive of the feminine. Like yeah. that's, yeah. Healing for me too, because I, you know, feel pretty humbled 
that you all gave me your trust to be there mm-hmm. um, and to kind of go through this. And even as we talk about it on the podcast, Rachel and Courtney, and hearing your stories, you know, I think one of the cries of our time is is for men as well as for women is that we don't we I think we're all desiring more models on both sides, but but lately particularly of healthy masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. As and I think as men we're deprived of it, and as as women uh, you're also often the victims mm-hmm. of it as well. Um, I think men are also the victims of it, and I found you know going through this and being trusted and also being able to share in your healing experience um, in- incredibly healing as well for me. Yeah, yeah. and you know like you come to terms with it that like the men that hurt you were probably hurt by someone else. Mm. And that, you know, brings a level of empathy to people. Like it doesn't excuse the actions, but Mm -hmm. it makes them far more human. Also, you know, it's, it's also helpful. There were six women in the room. I was like, no, we're like a pack of lions. Like we could take him down. (laughs) (laughs) He gets all good. Totally. Totally. (laughs) We'll just all collectively get it. It's fine. Yeah, there's a lion's den. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank you for sharing, Rachel. And Rachel, just one question before we move on to your experience, Courtney, is that unfolding in your solar plexus that that sounds Mm -hmm. like it's been there for quite a while. And and you said it's 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 kind of eased. Mm -hmm. We're 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 coming up. We're five days later. Has that remained? Yeah. um, I would say the knot feels gone. Like. I could physically feel it a lot of times. Um, I would definitely notice it when I got more anxious, like it would be more prominent, like to the point where if I, you know, had been eating really clean and my stomach was very flat, like I could almost see like something poking out, like, right, you know, where your ribs Uh kind of curve over your organs. So yeah, it's, it's gone. Um, I'm hoping it will stay forever. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) Uh, I did. I don't like getting on scales because I think, you know, that's just not good for my mental health. But I did weigh myself after and I lost like seven pounds. Oh, my wow. God. So, yeah, like actually having a number to it was like, well, I mean, I did puke for three days, but we ate like we yeah. had pizza one night. So, you know, like, Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, the you know, there was a physical shift in like something whatever it was, is out. It had weight, it had substance, and mm. it's not there anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, fingers, you know, five days out, but, like, fingers crossed it'll just remain gone. Like, I never act, all the other work I've done, like, I never felt it go all the way away like I did with combo. So I think, you know, I think the medicine just knew the right way to undo the knot. Like, mm. you know, it was like a sailor's knot that only one sailor knew how to do, and mm. <laughs> you had to find the right one to undo it. And yeah, that's that's why I also think like we can't limit ourselves on what is going to work for us, because um, while that might work for me, like that might not work for the next person and they might have to keep exploring. Mm-hmm. And it's discouraging if I was like, yeah, combo got rid of it and it's going to get rid of it for you, too. And then when that doesn't happen, like you're just you're like, well, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel the same way with prayer, like we would pray about these things and they might not go all the way away. And like, sometimes they would, and sometimes they wouldn't. And then you would be felt like, what, what did I pray wrong? Like, mm. it, is my faith not big enough? Like, cause it's, if they tell me it can't be God, you know, so I must be the problem, but mm. it's like, it might not be right. The right time. Like, I don't think at any other point in my journey, like I would have been able to undo the knot. It had to be then in that moment 
held by women. Like, it just had to be the right time. Yeah. And I think it's a very incredible story, but I, you know, I don't want anyone to hear it and be like, well, I'm going to try combo and it's going to fix me because I didn't even have that intention. Like, it was just like, well, I've tried other things. Let's try this too. This is where I think it's important to remind that combo tap, combo is an intelligent spirit, like Mm -hmm. you said, and it also taps into the intelligence of our own body. And I think it helps what's ready to be moved to the next Mm -hmm. level, move to the next level. Um, so, So, it was. It's obvious that you've also done other work around this, and mm-hmm. that you were particularly. You know, I would th- I think of the word kairos, uh, in this kind of context. And yeah. Kairos being, if you follow the etym- etymology back, a chink in the armor, mm-hmm. an opening, right? And it sounds like there was an opening there uh, yeah. for whatever, for whatever reason. And maybe combo helped facilitate that, but it absolutely was not the only thing. There was many. Yeah, it's a much more much more nuanced and contextual than that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I think with regards to, you know, you can't say to people, combo will fix you. And then, you know, because that you don't know, I think all we can do, and I find that this is all I can do when people ask me about combo is I can only share my experience. I can only share the experiences I've heard from other people. And then it's up to the person that's in front of me to tap into, does that resonate? Does that feel right? Or does that not? Does it not feel right mm-hmm. at this moment? But it, yeah, it's just spreading our stories is is how we bring the attention to these things. But it, it has to be right for the person listening. And it, ha- it has to come from a, here's what happened to me, but I'm not telling you what will happen to you mm-hmm. because I have no idea. And I find, I don't find it surprising that oftentimes what draws us to these kind of particular combo in this case is a gut feeling because this is a somatic therapy mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah wow well that was that was really cool Courtney hey you feel <laughs> emotional now <laughs> would you uh would you tell us about your experience maybe like your own personal like physical emotional journey but also maybe in in the context of ceremony like what I was asking earlier like did you is there anything in particular that comes up around that um yeah similarly to Rachel um I mean so just so everyone knows, we went to the same church for, for mm-hmm. a year. So when there's all these like similarities, it's not just like the church, it's one mm. church. Uh, it, it's really common to, you know, go on a retreat or, you know, there's a women's conference. So you show up at 7 a.m. every day for two days. Like mm-hmm. there's that sort of like um, familiarity. Um, uh, I think for me, it was definitely different because it was my house and Rachel as well, there wasn't like a space we were going to and then returning to. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there would be a way different like shift for me if I wasn't like waking up and going to my living room. And I would love to experience that Mm -hmm. in the future. I think that would be a really, really cool thing to experience. But yeah, you know, the ceremony, I, I tend to like really like love anything a little bit like ritualistic and like you know, having the mesa and the altar, I oftentimes build my own altars. And there was definitely at points resistance that were coming from, I would say, a place of like legalism Mm. inside of me that was like, okay, like there's an altar, like, like, let me go in like my files and see like, 
what scripture says about altars, like <laughs> pick it out. Like there should be no altar to any other God besides me. Like there, oh. yeah. So there was like these resistances that came up that I, um, it was really nice to reframe them for me. I think like I, Rachel touched on it earlier as far as like being a Christian or being in the church. Like I was always sort of like the, like the flower. <laughs> I don't, like, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but I was always like a little bit like not bought into all of the restrictions. Mm. Um, I always like knew God from a very young age. I like was having dreams about like future stuff, dreams about things that were happening in the church that I had no idea because I was like five years old. And mm. so I always have felt a very clear channel between me and God or source or, you know, as a creator. And then all the other stuff sort of just felt really silly my entire life because I was like, but like, <laughs> you, there's not only one way. Like, you, I can, this can be church, like, and um, practicing that. So it was really nice, like, to be in the space with you guys and seeing all these things for the first time and hearing the Icaros and, and all of that to be able to, like, reframe and be like, wow, this can also be, like, this isn't bad. It's not, mm-hmm. uh, it's just another culture. Yeah. That this is how they held church and how they were holding ceremony and that for their people was right. And mm. in there, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to experience that. And so I really, really love that part. Um, and I think like having the three days, I like would never, <laughs> but if like day one, you would have been like, Hey, like, do you ever want to do combo again? And that was my only experience. I would have been like, honestly, no, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. maybe like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but by day three, I found that, <laughs> I mean, I want to say I wouldn't, but <laughs> I kind of do whatever, not. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm down. Um, but by day three, it felt like this really, really interesting and like pleasant relationship with the with the medicine itself. Um, I think I was like telling Rachel or like day one, it really felt like I was like pushed into a pool and you're just like, you know, I, like that scene where you're underwater and like the ship goes over and it's just like, mm. like the medicine felt when you mm. put the test point on, uh, like very localized and then it spread up and then. Um, just pressure in these like strange parts and then my whole body was just like it felt like trying to get out of my skin Mm. that Mm. pressure where it's like pulsating out Mm. and um yeah like my lips swelled up um I tend to really like really physically taxing experiences (laughs) um yes yeah I love like intense physical things and so uh I wouldn't say like oh I had fun but that's a very shallow way to put it, but I think there's like a, there can be pleasure mm-hmm. in this like experience where you're a little bit out of control and like you're surrendering mm-hmm. um, and it's p- painful at points. And it's a little bit like the first day I was like a little bit freaked out that it would never go away. Like, mm. like this is never going to stop. Yeah. And, um, but I think like, you guys did such a great job. I don't, I'm sure I've told you, but just to like reiterate, like of holding that space and of being there like for us and you really feel surrounded and like protected. And mm-hmm. like Julie Roxanne like came into the bathroom with me and just like sat. It's really a nice thing to like feel that community and feel that like stewardship over, over like you guys as your what are the, we like your patients or <laughs> yeah. I don't know, that's but, like, a medical term we were patients, using yeah, medical no, terms, it's like, a, like 
Wow. Like the people who choose to trust you. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. felt like people I was stewarded very well. I was mm. very well taken care of. Like it was really nice because you get walked to the bathroom. <laughs> There's so many instances where you're going through these emotional and physical things and you're alone in your house. Yeah. Like, yeah. and mm-hmm. you're taking care of yourself completely and it's, you get used to doing that. And there's this urge in you when, when you're, you know, purging and vomiting and then you have to, you know, purge out the other side, like <laughs> to just be alone. And it was really nice for me to surrender into being like, okay, take care of me, which mm-hmm. I've always had trouble with. Um, mm-hmm. I think like day one, I don't actually think I've told you this. I've been in a position of caretaking for for someone who um, needs like 24 hour care and there's a lot of emotional strain and like emotional like things coming up and energy output um, throughout that process. And yeah. day one, and you held me off of the toilet and I felt all of that energy I had been expending, expand, like to this other woman. And there's like a part of me that's like, wow, this is great. Like this is a woman who's lived and I'm, you know, like helping her, like mm. to, to take care of her, but it is exhausting. And when you did that for me, like, I don't think anyone's ever helped me off of a toilet, but I am daily putting somebody on and off of like a toilet. And yeah. I felt all of that energy and all of that care. Like it was so revitalizing it's and like, it just oh, felt oh. so good. Like we're taking care of each other. So there's like that aspect mm. in it that just feels really nice and then you know you get tucked in yeah. and then you can like raise your hand like hi uh, <laughs> can you put another blanket on I love that everyone just really took it to heart you know it's like no I felt like everyone was really willing to ask for help which god is so hard uh-huh. and especially as women I yeah. think yeah. like I mean I, I can only talk about that side of the experience I think it'd be interesting to do a group of six men and, and see because I I know for me that that was a particularly challenging part about combo was like, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be seen in my vulnerability and I'm going to have to ask for help. Mm. And it's hard. It's scary to go through, but being witnessed in that, I, I feel like there's a trust in other people that starts to grow out of that kind of experience mm. where you go through that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think that's just like a typical part of our culture is when you're not at your best, you're, by yourself mm. uh, you because have to hide. people don't want to see that or yeah. you don't want people to see it because how can I you know vomit in front of you shit in front of you and then I you know two days later we're meeting about your website <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I thought I got it all together <laughs> I really good at my job <laughs> so, I totally wasn't puking in a bucket yeah, yeah um, I, I tend to think that the people who are willing to shit and poop in front of me have got it together more than the people who are not, honestly. That's, that's my my tendency. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I really love that that aspect of just, like, mm. the space you guys created and mm. um, would, like, 10 out of 10, like, enter a space like that again. Mm. And I knew most of the people there. I, I feel like it would be a really cool journey to not know anybody and be able to totally. open myself up in that way. Mm. Um but yeah, I think by day three, day one, I like I said, I went into like pretty open intentions. And day two, I was like, all right, um, so, like this is going to be the most intense day. And I knew it. And I was like, once I accepted it and I was like, okay with it, I was like excited about it. Like mm-hmm. I was third or fourth and I was like excited for it to be my turn. Um, I think you served me hoppe that day. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was able to really like set my intention and 
I, yeah, that's when my, like, my emotional stuff started coming up, I would say, and um, was just really ready to release a lot of these things. And I, I sort of realized, like, I was holding these perpetrators inside of my body, mm-hmm. and that's, like, really ugly for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that, and I was like, well, I'm okay, but really, like, I'm holding these two men inside of me at a cellular level that was going to affect my mm-hmm. children the same way my mom's sexual trauma and realizing has affected me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it goes deeper than just like it happened. It's gone. Like it lives in us. And I remember just feeling like my body is a prison mm-hmm. and I'm ready to just not let it be a prison. Like mm-hmm. not just for me, but for these two men who, you know, like Rachel said, you know, you, you have to come to an understanding that everyone is a human. And these were situations where there was like a lot of really dark, um, like drugs and things like that involved. And you can only hope that these people are enlightened and have found new life and have found love and have found the light. And I didn't really want to have any more connection to their not being able to move forward yeah and that was really my intention in day two was like I'm just gonna like cleanse that out and I'm gonna release it for me I had this like really nice like conversation with my body and then with these two kind of like I would say like they're like entities that Mm -hmm. live inside of me at that point and I was like Mm -hmm. hey like you're gonna go Mm -hmm. (laughs) like uh, but it's cool like you're you're better for it and I'm better for it and I was able to go into the combo like by the time you served me, I was like, let's do it. Like, mm. I was excited. I was just, like, really happy to be there. And it felt a lot gentler. Well, not more gentle, but, you know, the second day, you know what to expect. And yeah. so I was like, all right, I can sit through this part. Like, you kind of can map out your experience a yeah. little bit more. Um, I described it as, like, you know, you're pushed into the pool. And the second day, like, the medicine sort of, like, you know, helping you. You got some floaties. You got some floaties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like nice. It's like, all right, this is still, I don't know when it's going to end. And uh, by day three, it was just like probably one of the best experiences I've had um, physically. Like it felt really good. I just remember feeling really nice. Like I let it feel good. Mm. Like I let it just like swoon. And that was the first, like the only time during the ceremony that I felt a little bit like, I'm going to call it high, but that sort of like outer body like just kind of like oceany mm-hmm. like experience and um yeah it was wonderful I felt you know prepared and then I felt like okay this is the part and I actually was not going to do my solar plexus chakra for some reason I was avoiding it I wanted all the like ear points because they're just like well I think they look cool and that <laughs> <laughs> like they seemed really interesting and yeah. I kind of wanted to feel that but you guys kind of guided me through like helping choose them and then uh, I was like, I'm not going to do my solar plexus, like, both days that we got to choose. And then Alistair just, like, gently comes up and he's like, hey, so, <laughs> I think that. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Like, I knew it was going to happen. It was one of those, like, stubborn points. And that was probably the most difficult purge because it wasn't coming. Mm. And mm. I was like, I need it. Like, this is it. Like, come on. And it felt like doing the work alongside the medicine at that mm. point. And it was like cheering you on versus like taking you through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this like really weird thing came out of me. <laughs> it was fascinating. It's I weird. love like, 
like bodily she functions. Was, like, like I love vomiting. Like, no, I'm, like what? No. I like to look at my yeah. like I I look up from my mat and she's looking at each perch bucket. Like which one is mine? I want to look at that like, thing Where is my word? Yeah. I'm like yeah, did you perch something like a parasite, like a it was, neon yellow parasite or something? Yeah, I don't know what it was. Oh, it's really interesting that you were avoiding that spot and that you felt so much resistance and then going through that like it's almost like it didn't want to leave yeah and I didn't feel like hardcore resistance I just felt like I can outsmart this and like I'll just choose these different spots and like (laughs) 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 Um, but then yeah it was it it was really nice afterwards I kind of was like okay this is done Mm. like it's it's done it's good I felt really calm and then I just yeah, had this really nice release of that parallel person I had been living with for yeah. eight, nine years now. And um, it was really difficult and like kind of sad and it hurt. But it was nice to be in a space where I could just sit there and shake and rock back and forth and verbally like express like this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. And it's not mm. like you need to do that sometimes, <laughs> I think. And yeah, yeah I, you know. I don't know where I was going with that. But. <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, it's it's probably one of the coolest experiences physically that I've been able to push myself mm. to go through. So, yeah, I think it's something that happens to, like, anyone who's been assaulted, like, men or women. Like, you have this idea of, like, who could I, who could I have been had that not happened? And, like, the beautiful thing about the ceremony space is it, like, gives you a place to honor that dead person you know Mm. like I say that a lot about myself like that person that I used to be had to die and that's like that's good like Mm. she couldn't you know what happened to her couldn't carry us forward like we had to come become someone new and holding space for that you know and I I don't know if it was the women or if it was just like the space itself like being able to be like that thing died thank you and then be like, but what next? You know, like, mm. there's we usually don't take the time to do that. So yeah. it's really nice to, like, have that, like, for both of us, I think, yeah. to just be able to be like, thank you to that person, like, but we release you, you know. Mm. And you feel like a complete badass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, like, that's a really cool, like, part of it is, like, it's a it's a fight. And it's, um, like, it, it's like a you have to do it and you're fighting with these things that want to stay inside of you. And it's like a really nice loving, like, Hey, please get out. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's really cool after cause you're, you just feel stronger the mm-hmm. way I imagine mm-hmm. birth would feel mm-hmm. um, like everyone's like, yeah. And then you don't remember how it feels. And it's really nice to have this experience before having given birth or even being in a place where that's coming mm-hmm. up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's nice to know that you can have these things without like that's not the only thing and as a woman I sometimes like I feel like that's the only thing I'm waiting for mm-hmm. um but it was nice to have this experience that was like that's not the only thing that can make you feel strong and make oh. you feel like a badass woman and like make you feel supported by community and make you feel feminine like it, yeah. it was really cool to be like mm-hmm. I can also create these experiences outside of birth yeah and, and I feel like I mean I've I've seen the correlation between combo and and what I imagine birth to be and feel like a lot and I think in some ways it's a great thing to do before having children for the first time because it's sort of a training ground of like showing us what 
a healthy space looks like and and how you can go through any challenges if you're supported in the right way and with intention and like I feel like that's just a kind of a training ground for when that time to birth actually comes yeah yeah like I can't imagine going to a hospital room and you're like I want to get better and healed and they're like okay well like hook you up to all these and being monitored during combo yeah yeah that right would be and terrible. You, you probably would never do that yeah because it doesn't even sound like it makes sense like yeah. it makes more sense to be in a space that's like ceremony and there's your house so warm <laughs> and, you know that makes sense but then like with the birth thing like it, it feels good to know like you can go through really hard experiences outside of like a heart rate monitor yeah and a doctor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's really scary and intense but you don't need to have that in the back of your mind, you yeah, know? I think totally. that's a cultural thing, too. Like, we don't have... Women typically don't. It doesn't matter the culture, but definitely in America, like, we don't have, like, rites of passage, right? Totally. Like, yeah. we don't have bar mitzvahs, like, these initiation rituals. And, like, I think for women, it is, you know, either your your wedding or having a baby. Those are, like, the closest things we get to initiation rituals. So having something like this, like, it kind yeah. of felt like you're getting, like baptized by fire into femininity especially Mm. in our group you know and there's just something powerful about having like an initiation into your own sovereignty and strength Mm. Mm. and an initiation into plant medicine yeah that too because after that i was like all right i'm gonna be doing (laughs) 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 yeah i i love i love that you said that rachel like i feel like that's one of the visions i had when I, when I knew we were going to start working with combo seriously is I knew this was going to be an, an initiatory medicine because it is really, it's, it it is a rite of passage. And as you said, I think, and I think women and men, we all deeply, deeply lack Mm -hmm. like rites of passage. (laughs) Yeah. And, 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 and we don't know that's what we crave, right? Because we don't know that it's possible. And so when you go through, these experiences you realize oh wow that is really important for healthy development and like aging and going through the phases of life in a healthy way Mm -hmm. and it's really cool that you shared that i love that well i wonder i mean you've touched on it but maybe how have you been feeling for the last five days now that you've done combo it's over and you're on the other side yeah, I definitely feel more grounded. Um, the knot in my solar plexus always kept me from feeling like deeper into the lower regions of my body. Um, I like kind of shared with JR, there's like this whole like square from like my knees to my navel that like lost feeling mm. after a while. Um, so having like a reconnection to the wholeness of my body has been really nice. Mm. Um, I think it's really let my energy flow better and I feel more uh, like holistic. Like I feel more like I'm in a body that's well-rounded and not just like halfway cut off. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I don't feel as anxious. I I definitely don't feel myself like spinning wheels. Like I used to before of just like, what if, what if, what if it's kind of like, yeah, well, if we made it through that thing, like we'll figure these other things out kind of a (laughs) mentality. (laughs) And that's been like really freeing though. Like of like, well, you know, work will get done like things the world will keep spinning whether I'm in it or not you know um I think especially as a pastor like 
we tell people to avoid this, but then we put the pressure on them, like, to avoid this, like, savior complex of, like, without me, it's all going to crumble. And I think that's very much something that women get, you know, like, without the mom in the house, like, everything falls apart is, like, usually a joke. But, like, there's so much pressure that gets put on (laughs) that person, you know, Um, like, you're carrying the whole team on your back kind of Mm. a thing. And it's been nice to just kind of, like, not have that pressure. But I was putting it on me. Like, that was just something I put on myself. Um, so to not have to carry that has been really great. I think it's funny, your JR, your mom said the work before the work, but she should have said the work after the work <laughs> because it hasn't really stopped, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. things have still been processing. I um, I took the Monday after our ceremony to just really integrate and just kind of sit and be with all the things that came up and just kind of let my, you know, let my body and mind like sift through them. Um, so it's still happening. And I think, you know, it's going to continue for a while, but as I've, you know, peeled back some of the layers, like things have made more sense and I've seen connections, you know, that I was like, well, I get how we got from A to D, but like, what are those other things in the mm. middle, you know? Um, so as it's like slowly unfolding, it's been nice to, you know, get some more layers to it. Um, I definitely feel like my body got a really good reset, uh, not just, you know, physically from the fasting and purging, but just in, in totality, like holistic is the only word that works. Like spiritually, I feel really reset mentally. I feel reset just, you know like a battery recharge like that's kind mm. of the best analogy i could give for it so it's been really good for me wow mm. that's amazing i feel like i i've been more on like the um emotional spectrum side of things um there's definitely been some like points where it was like really difficult i think because i haven't actually spent much time alone other than the past few days but yeah i i think like, I'm good. It feels really nice to feel sensitive again and to yeah. feel like, so I would say that, like, uh, I'm a pretty highly sensitive person, a pretty emotional person in general. And so it, it can tend to feel like you're not at home when you're not able to feel mm-hmm. everything all the time. And then when you feel everything all the time, you're like, make it stop. <laughs> so, I, I definitely want to say like, in, in a sense, like I've missed myself in that way. Like just the go, go, go and the, like having to just, okay, save that for later, save that for later, save that for later, and just do all these things or yeah. handle these situations. Um, so it's been really cool to sort of have that side of me back mm-hmm. where like a song can make me cry. I'm like, oh, here I am. Like, mm-hmm. all right, this feels good again, you know? Um, I definitely had some like really intense moments um, the day after, like moments where I was looking at myself. I was on FaceTime with a friend and just like had like a freak out moment because I couldn't recognize myself, but it was a really beautiful experience at that because we were talking and then I just start like sobbing because, and I almost stopped myself and my friend actually commented. She's like, dude, I saw you like almost not let yourself do it. But Mm -hmm. then I was like audibly sobbing and like making like, (laughs) like try like the noises and feeling really free to do that was really cool. Mm. Um, but also it was like a really scary, yeah, scary. I felt like really open and I felt like this, you know, how can you recognize yourself when you just lost a huge part of yourself? And then it was like, but how do I move on? Yeah. Like, where do I go? I'm like a, a you know, it, it feels like a desert and I'm just there in the middle and I'm not really moving. Things are just sort of moving around me mm-hmm. and there's no, like all directions. There's nothing. 
Yeah. Know, just, but that can be also really exciting. So it's sort of like teetering on this, like, am I scared or am I excited? Or can <laughs> I just do both of it? So yeah, I felt, I felt really great. And I felt like it's been nice to lose attachments to certain relationships and certain things and relationships in all sense, relationships to certain, you know, work habits or mm. social media habits and people. Yeah. Like an overall purge just feels really, really nice. Yeah. Um, even through the hardships of that. Mm. Um, and I think once you've done something like combo, you can just recognize like pain isn't bad. Yeah. Pain isn't negative. It's just pain. Like mm. the releasing is just releasing. Like, mm-hmm. you're ch- like it's fine. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's been great. What you just shared reminds me very strongly of um, I had a particular night on ayahuasca where I was lying down and there was this really like firm ball of like dark energy in my solar plexus. And I remember realizing on the ayahuasca that like I could move it out. Like Mm. it was up to me if I like it was possible And so I like touched it with my hands and then I like kind of extracted it out and sort of dropped it on the side. And then there was this gaping hole in, in, inside of me. And I remember freaking out and I remember calling for help. And, and when, you know, our, our, our facilitator came over to me and he was like, what's going on? And I said, I removed something and now there's a hole (laughs) and I don't know what to put in it. And you know, like it feels really empty. Like what do I put in it? And he just said like, just breathe into the space, just breathe. And there's a part of me that was like, fuck you, man. That's not what I want to do. Like put something in it now. But, but his advice was actually really good. And like breathe into the space because that is how, it will actually end up flourishing the way it needs to flourish. Like you can't consciously make up what needs to go in that, in the, in this, in lieu of the purging, like in, of what's been released, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it happens kind of organically, right? Yes. Like, I, I don't know. I think of times where I've purged things in my life, like a job or a, an apartment or a relationship or whatever. And, you know, I think the really valuable or the, the very hard thing to do, but really fruitful thing to do after that is, is really <laughs> tend to that space and allow it to be empty because, mm. and a lot of times the, the temptation is, okay, I'm just going to fill it. I'm going to find mm-hmm. someone else and put them in that spot that yes. that's, that's feeling empty or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fill this loneliness with, uh, you know, a B or C or whatever. And the really hard thing to do is to let it stay there. But what I've found is that when when I'm able to do that and let something organically kind of take, you know, it gives room for other things to sprout and grow. And when, and that seems to allow for my life to kind of grow in a more authentic way mm-hmm. uh, in the long run, although it can be difficult in the short run. It definitely feels like work in the long run what ends up taking that space feels more like me. Mm. Yeah. And there's another image that comes to mind is like, cause it's not like you're putting something else or you're waiting for something else to come in that space. It's sprouting and growing and flourishing and things that organically come out of the soil. And I think when you're in the desert, 
just breathe, cry on the ground, and hope that it will be the water that brings up the things that, you know, like there's almost like a an image that, you know, like Alice in Wonderland when she's crying mm-hmm. and she's like feeling the, like making a pool. It, I feel like that's, that's my image. That there's, this, there's this one part of the trail in Yosemite, Courtney, and maybe you remember it. It's after. Where I dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. When I almost died. <laughs> what? So there's a day where we were walking through um, the remnants of an old forest, but it was struck by lightning and it's burnt down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're walking through all these old trees that are dead and burnt and they're just kind of tall kind of uh, trunks. And what's beautiful about that is that it's allowed the undergrowth to start sprouting up and growing. And you have all this diversity of flowers and plants and so much life is attracted to it, like bears and and deer and and all sorts of butterflies and insects. And it's absolutely gorgeous. But in order for that new life, it's one of my favorite parts of the trail. It's just so vital, but, Mm. and it's so colorful and vivid, but in order for that to have happened, the old trees had, had to burn down. Mm. I think there's like something to be said about just going through straight fire. Yeah. And just mm. letting yourself because, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you like set things down, like the the weightlessness of it is like liberating. But then at the same time, it's like, well, now I can run fast. So I need to do that. Mm. Like I'm not weighted down. So like I just need to go. Yeah. And, like, I just don't think that's what everyone should do all the time. Like, sometimes you just need to enjoy the fact that, you know, you're not carrying that thing anymore. And yeah. mm-hmm. it should be okay, right? Like, Yosemite is a place that's not attended by people, but I'm sure, you know, the animals were like, well, shit, <laughs> there went our house. Like, yeah. we just lived here and now it's burned down. And they didn't, like, freak out about it. They just were like, okay, like, well... Thanks, area. We'll come back when it's like time, you know, yeah. like so if we could have that attitude of just like, well, we can leave that thing empty and come back to it eventually, you know, like mm. that tendency to like it's got to be filled. It's got to be completed. Like, you know, yeah. ceremony's done. It's got to be done. Like, yeah, but that's not that's just that's, not how it works. That's actually when the work starts. It's almost like if you're not clinging, you're grasping and having to like. Yeah chill with that yeah mm-hmm. mentality mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. put your hands clean. down just, <laughs> <laughs> I just tie myself up <laughs> like I will not go shopping <laughs> like, I don't need more stuff um yeah so mm. it's been it's been really cool I'm really glad that you both shared today I think uh we can end here yes thank you Rachel thank you Courtney thank this you so much thank you thank you And as always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. This was a fun conversation. It was. I I hope you enjoyed it very, very much. As always, there's a few different ways you can support this podcast. First is you can sign up to be a Patreon at patreon.com slash the far out couple. Heyo. And the second is that you can share this episode, this conversation with a friend who might be interested. And finally, you can leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Those are the ways. All right. Till next time. See you next week. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.